0: Welcome to the Revolution Church podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com/donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right. Welcome to Revolution. As always, like to thank you folks who listen online for being here as well, wherever you are. <laughs> in your, we're always glad to be in your ears, and uh, <clears throat> and that. So welcome. Um. I I went to, to an escape room last night, and. For those who don't know what that is, it's a game, it's a room where you go in and they lock you in. And I'm claustrophobic, so that was a little bit strange. And they lock you in and you play to get unlocked out of the room. You have to solve puzzles, solve a crime. We did not solve our crime, but luckily they let us out anyway. So I told them I had church, so they said, okay, religious freedom. Um, yeah, a friend of ours, we took two of our friends out for their birthday for that, and it was pretty fun. And I went to Culver's, and I usually don't have sweets, but I had a milkshake, a mint milkshake, and it was delicious. And I know that that's why people listen to find out what I'm up to. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's change gears. Um... You know, with with the passing of Anthony Bourdain, I've been thinking about depression, and you know, I I deal with depression myself, and, and uh, quite extreme depression. Um, and I take a lot. I go to a lot of th- different types of therapy in order to deal with that depression. Um, I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. Um, at a time where, where it was, there was really serious, and, and it, it's kicked my butt. I mean, depression has really kicked, kicked my butt quite a bit, and uh, made it very tough to live at times, and very tough to do my job, very tough to be a good parent, um, and a good spouse. And, you know, even just recently I had to have a slight medication change and that's it's just been like a kick in the teeth, you know. So I guess what I'm trying to say is to those folks out there who are suffering with depression and mental health issues that, you know, sounds cliche, but you aren't alone and a lot of us suffer and, uh, I hope that if you're feeling desperate and feeling like taking your life, that you'll find someone to talk to, you know, and if you need to just go on Instagram and hit me up at Jay Baker, I'd be glad to chat with you or Twitter or Facebook. It's all the same Jay Baker. And, uh, we can direct message because you're not alone. And, um, I think life is worth living. I really do. And uh, even in the struggles and in the tough times and the down times, um, there's just, we have so much to offer life and life has so much to offer us, even though there's times it doesn't feel like it. And uh, you can make it, as my mom used to say, you know, he was a very positive person. Um, but, yeah, man, depression is really a horrible thing. And uh, mental health issues is, is a huge struggle. But there's help out there. And, uh, you know, I've been, I've been, I take DBT, I've just, I graduated, but I've been taking DBT, dialectic behavioral therapy, and that's helped quite a bit. And, uh, so that might be something worth looking into if you're listening online. Um, I've also see a psychiatrist and I see a therapist. So, you know, and I'm on medication and I'm, I say all that just because I want people out there not to be afraid or say, Oh, I'm not the type that needs a psychiatrist or I don't want to take medication or I don't want to go to DBT or do something silly like that. And these are things that have saved my ass and, uh, Building a community around mental health has uh, saved my ass, and uh, so I want to share my experience, strength and hope that it's out there, you know and uh, it doesn't it's not that it's not still difficult, but having some tools to kind of deal with that stuff really helps, and practical tools that I found in DBT have really 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 helpful. So you, know, you can Google dialectic behavioral therapy or even just DBT and find out more about that. Um, yeah, I don't know why when you see somebody who seems so strong and so independent and so open-minded take their life, it's, it's, it's shakes you. I've been seeing a lot of people shaken by uh, Anthony Bourdain's death um, so anyway let's switch gears again always interesting to try to do that um, to get into this talk <clears throat> the question is, is I kind of have is do we want to be followers of Jesus hmm Everybody seems to be questioning nowadays, and we seem to be living in a post-Christian time. And so I guess, you know, does it make sense to be followers of Christ? Do we really want to follow Jesus? So this is kind of a sequel to last week's talk in a little way just because it's more of Jesus talking. Jesus, last week we talked about Dangers of Legalism, and this week I'm going to talk about the dangers of following Jesus. (laughs) Well, not that it's the dangers, but just the the strangeness of it. Um, I'm going to jump through the Beatitudes quite quickly, um, because that's not, the sermon is not mostly based on that, but I did want to go through that a little bit, just because they seem to be part of the challenge of following Christ. So, uh, I'm going to be in Luke 6, starting in 20. And uh, it said, Then Jesus turned to his disciples and said, God bless you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is given to you. God blesses you who are hungry now, for you will be satisfied. God blesses you who weep now, for the time will come when you will laugh with joy. God blesses you who are hated and excluded and mocked and cursed because you are identified with me, the Son of Man. You know, a lot of people will tell you to be in these positions is not a good thing. It doesn't feel good, you know. Um but there is a beauty that comes from suffering. And I think one of the things that Jesus is trying to show is that especially here is that most people would have considered you cursed at the time if you were poor or hungry or, you know, and they would be like, well, did God do this to them? You know, was it their ancestors or was it their sin in their life? And Jesus is kind of turning that on its head a little bit here. Um, it's funny, some of the stuff I've written down in my my Bible here is uh, all the beautiful music and poetry and things that we have from people who have been suffered and been through pain and hurt and how how that's allowed us to, allowed me at least, to find solace and share that with the suffering of others. Um, so without all that, we would have no good music. <laughs> it was all just happy stuff we'd have, just happy music. and I don't like happy music. <laughs> I like my music sad. Um, when this happens, it says rejoice. We're talking about being cursed and being, and, and being mocked. When this happens, rejoice. What? Yes, leap for joy, for great rewards await you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were also treated that way by your ancestors. Well, man, I don't know if I want to wait for heaven. Um, but at the same time, you know, I have to know that This isn't just about heaven, but the kingdom of God on earth. And I know that I'm a member of an anonymous 12-step program as well. (laughs) Man, I've got a lot of baggage. Um, That has given me a lot of peace and a lot of tools to use to live. And I've been a part of a lot of different groups now to help me with my depression and things like that. And it's given me tools to live and given me joy for life and allowed me to be a better father and a more graceful husband and friend. And so I do have to say that I have been blessed, even amongst my suffering. I wouldn't be doing this today if it wasn't for the suffering that I went through with my family, you know, and seeing the dark side and the underbelly of the church, you know, and I know that that's allowed me to become a stronger person, a more loving person, a more compassionate person. And, uh, and won't let me give this thing up as much as I want to. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) won't let me give up pastoring a church, you know, or, you know, because it, it keeps pulling me. There's something about those moments keep pulling me back in. I'm really happy I got a good music stand this week. Look at that. It's standing. I've had a music stand issue where my books have been too heavy and the music stand <laughs> falls every few minutes. This one with the holes in it is really a really good music stand. So... Thank you for all you listeners out there who have been wondering about my, what those thumping noises were during service. That would be my notes and my Bibles falling to the ground. And because I'm using my note-taker Bible, it's like 500 pounds. So it goes on to say, <clears throat> what sorrows await you who are rich, for you have only happiness now. What sorrows await you who are satisfied and prosperous now, for time awaits... For a time of awful hunger is before you. what sorrow awaits you, who laugh carelessly, for your laughing, you will turn to mourning and sorrow. What sorrow awaits you, who are praised by the crowds, for the ancestors, who also praise the false prophets. You know, this sermon I mean, this sorrow's foretold it really seems kind of shitty. Um, I'm not going to lie because you go oh man but the point is is it saying good and bad things happen to people you know we just god blesses you who are poor you know but also you who are rich sorrows await you and ha- it's just saying look at someone like anthony bourdain look at s- someone uh you know these these folks who are very successful and wealthy they still suffer they still have pain they still you know it's still there. There's no secret. Riches, you know, I always have fantasies like, if I won the lottery, what would I do? You know? And I'm like, oh, I would do this. I'd pay these bills off. You know, I'd do this with the church. I'd do this with myself, you know? And, uh,. because you think you know you fantasize that that somehow is the answer and you realize that's not the answer you know it's, it's 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 the grass is greener on the other side but those aren't the answers suffering is happens across the board and people often talk about the bible doesn't deal enough with suffering and it really does it does talk a lot about suffering and a lot about this um suffering is universal and again Jesus is showing things that were usually signs of God's blessing not necessarily being God's blessing so things that were signs of curse saying these are not necessarily signs these are not signs of being cursed and he's also saying these other things are not signs of being blessed by God because you're rich or this or that which people would like to use so that's the quick the quick beatitude talk one day we'll we'll just we'll just focus on that. But do we? So I guess the question is: Do we still want to be followers of Jesus, knowing that suffering is universal? Then comes in the part of loving your enemies, and this is another thing: is like why do we want to be followers of Jesus? Does it make sense? Um, So 27 says, but if you're willing to listen, I say, love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Pray for the happiness of those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. I'm reading out of the New Living, if you're curious. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer your shirt also. Give what you have to anyone who asks for it. And when things are taken away from you, do not try to get them back. Do for others as you would have liked them to do for you. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I've preached this a million times and been excited about preaching it. Um, I've preached from this, from Luke 6 a bunch. Um... It's tough to love your enemies. I mean, really love your enemies. And, and, you know, just a reminder is is Jesus is talking to people who are living in occupied territory at this time um, who also have lifelong enemies and and, and generations of of bad blood and bad history. So when he's talking about loving enemies, he's not just saying, you know, love Trump supporters. You know, it would be as if, if somehow, you know not to harp on Trump but if he just decided to occupy and some people <laughs> might feel like he already has but if you know our whole territory was occupied by that you know that we had to you know there wasn't just 4 years or 8 years or whatever um these are people who are being killed for their beliefs and so this was this was a serious business And to be a follower of Christ, this is what it's talking about, you know. And I'm not saying to be saved by Christ or to be loved by Christ, but it's just saying to follow Christ's example. These are things that we're called to do, you know. Turning the other cheek is very difficult, but really it's difficult to demand your coat, offer your shirt, give you what you, you know. We don't want to take any of this literally, Um. Something's taken away, don't try to get it back. I mean, I feel like I spent most of my life with my family. My parents lost their ministry, and it seemed like most of their, my young life was them trying to get that back. And what I realize is, too, is sometimes when we focus so much on trying to get back with what we had, we end up living in the past and it's like we're incapable of living in the present. And you miss out on a lot when you're not able to live in the present and in the now. You know. And and depression, you know, like a lot of that sits when you just I'm living in the past. And it would be easy for me to be like, okay, you know, before you know, when revolution was in Atlanta and before we made our stance on Being, you know, LGBTQ inclusive, you know, we had all these people, and we did all this stuff, and oh, the wonderful days have passed. But living in that is not, doesn't bring me peace, doesn't bring me happiness. It just causes me to compare. And... uh, But, I mean, I, could you imagine if you were those who were sitting here listening to Jesus say this stuff, and it's just like this is this is new information to them, and how hard this work must seem? You know, like what? Turn the other cheek? Give, you know, give my. God. And these people was like, well, by turning the other cheek, you're made equal with your. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's always that discussion about that, yeah. but. Given the context, and what we're reading this in, it seems like it's really saying be passive in a way. Or practice nonviolence, which isn't passive, actually. And this is a lot what nonviolence is. And I've done a lot of nonviolence work with um, soul force. And so you learn that this also serves a purpose for those who are who who are victims of misinformation those who would maybe consider your enemy when you love them when you do good to them when you turn the other cheek when you do it allows them to maybe see a part of their life that needs to change it's redemptive for them and so when it says do for others what you would like them to do to you saying you know you could be redemptive Do you think you deserve credit merely for loving those who love you? Even sinners do that. Remember, we're all sinners. We all fall short. And if you do good only to those... And if you do good... Do, 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 do you think you deserve credit for that? Even sinners, Sorry, I lost my place. And if you do good to those who do good to you, is that so wonderful? Even sinners do that much. And if you lend money only to those who can repay you, what good is that? Even sinners will lend to their own kind for full return. I think in the original translation it was Gentiles, which is even more <laughs> offensive than sinners. Ew, the Bible's got a little baggage too. Love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them. I mean, that's where it says does it make sense? That's why my question is, does that make sense? It doesn't seem to make sense. You're lending to your enemies. I mean, luckily I don't have a lot of my enemies coming to me going, like, hey Jay, I'd like to take a loan out. You know. And then me having to convince Karen, my wife. Um <laughs> Yeah, I know they hate me, but they really need this loan. I mean, <laughs> I know they're broken, they can never pay me back, but no 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 no, no. trust me it's it's you know it's, it's what I'm supposed to do, yeah <laughs> it's fine, it'll be fine um, and don't be concerned that they might not repay you yes oh, I mean they might not repay us no, well, I'm not concerned about that. So, I mean, do you really want to be a follower of Jesus? Is this the type of thing that you want to have in your life? Is this the type of person you want to be? I mean, this is a question it's asking, is do we want to be... I mean, I'm asking today, is do we want to be followers? Not as is this a post-Christian thing, or is Jesus really the Son of God, or did Jesus... Or virgin, or you know, I'm not asking these theological questions. I'm asking is the theological question I guess I am asking is, is do we really want to follow Jesus? Is that the what we're called to do? Is that what we really feel we want to do? Is this something that we want to do? Because last week when we talked about rebuking the Pharisees and all the impossible standards that they crush us with and don't lift a finger to help, and their whitewashed tombs. And all that stuff, you know, that's a little bit easier to handle when we're talking about like, oh, these religious people and what did they do, you know. But now it's saying, this is what I'd like to see you do. These these are the good works I'd like to see you 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 live in. Then your reward from heaven will be very great and you'll truly be acting like children of the most high for he is kind to the unthankful and to those who are wicked. You must be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. So it's saying you must be compassionate just as God is compassionate. This is saying this is the type of love that God practiced. This is what God's love looks like. You remember Corinthians thirteen, four through seven, never never gives up, never loses faith, always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. You know. This is that just in a different way, phrased in a different manner. So when we do treat others like we want to be treated, when we love our enemies, when we turn the other cheek, when we are patient with those who hurt us, we're acting as, far f- as God in heaven acts. Oh, don't worry, it goes on. In case you thought that was easy. Ugh. Ugh. Being compassionate is, God, it's tough. So then it goes on. It says, stop judging others, and you will not be judged. Stop criticizing others, or it will all come back onto you. If you forgive others, you will be forgiven. If you give, you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full measure. Press down, shaking together, making room for more, and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, it will be used to measure what is given back to you. Now, do we believe this? You know, do we want to follow this idea? And a lot of people, I've, you know, when I grew up, that was, this verse was not used about forgiveness, <laughs> it was used to raise money. <laughs> Whatever you give, how you give, you'll be given back to you in great measure, you know, and so you'd be like, so if I give, I get rich. And then my problems are solved because I have money. Even though just a few verses up it says that sorrow awaits you who are rich. Um, But it's saying if we live in a life of forgiveness, we'll receive forgiveness. And I think mercy is reproductive. I, I do. I think it reproduces itself. I think forgiveness reproduces itself. It's not always that way. It's not always fair. But when you forgive others, I think it is kind of something that is addictive, something that is beautiful and something that does. Like, I know in my own life when I've received mercy from other people and received forgiveness and grace from other people, that it's caused me to want to pass that on. So do you still want to follow Jesus? and be someone who forgives others. Hoping that we will receive grace in back. But it's not always going to be that way because it's not, life isn't fair. But if you look at people who got this, like MLK Jr., Malcolm X, and Gandhi. You know, these, these are folks who really got this idea. Unfortunately, they were also all Martyred, they were also all killed for loving their enemies and doing good to those who people and forgiving those who, did, who, 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 who they didn't see eye. Um, does this make sense? We've got a few more minutes, so I'm going to just go ahead and read a little bit more of Luke 6. Then Jesus gave the followers this illustration. What good is it for one blind person to lead another? The first will fall into a ditch and pull the other down also. A student is not greater than the teacher, but the student who works hard will become like the teacher. So it's saying, you know, when we do these things, we can become like Christ. Um, Obviously, the religious teachers were blind guides. Um, And this is where I have always... Like this, and I think we're all familiar with this verse. Most of us are. Um, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying, "Friend, let me help get rid of that speck in your eye" when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite! First, get rid of the log in your own eye, then perhaps you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Back again. Work on yourself first. You know, you've got your own baggage, your own things, you know. When it says stop judging, this is, is Jesus is further going on to say, this is why we aren't judging, is because we have planks in our eyes, you know. And we go around going, oh, look at that speck, look at that speck, look at that speck. Or the speck looks like a log to us. <laughs> and sometimes we confuse the the plank in our eye for planks in other people's eyes. But it's saying work on yourself first. It's saying how do we treat others? How do we How are we judging others? How are we assessing others? So you see, it just comes back around. goes on to say, A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and bad tree can't produce good fruit. A tree is identified by the kind of fruit it produces. Figs never grow on thorn bushes, and grapes on bramble bushes. And a good person produces good deeds from a good heart, and an evil person produces evil deeds from an evil heart. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Now, the reason I wanted to share this one and I think we're going to end on this one is because good fruit and bad fruit and then the Bible talks about they'll know you by your fruit. So we've seen some fruit here. You know, we talk about peace, patience, kindness, joyfulness, you know, all the different fruits of the spirit. Um, but some of the this, this, Is definitely like patience stuff here is loving your enemies, doing good to those who persecute you, turning the other cheek. You know, these are definitely tough, tough fruits to produce, but they're worth it. Um, So my example with fruit is seen in life in in the church would be the ex-gay movement. Um, What that has done to people, Um, the fruits of that movement has been homelessness, mental health issues, suicide. There's a reason that um, these bigger anti or ex-gay movement ministries have shut down because they've just said it's not possible. But they said, you know, this movement has uh, demanded its own way, demanded people change. And the fruit of it has been death and pain and suffering. So when we talk about fruits of the spirit or we talk about a tree producing good fruit and bad fruit, I often think about that. That's one of of the, the fruits of that, you know, the fruits of legalism. I'm seeing people suffer because they can't live up to a certain standard and that they live miserable and they think that God hates them or somehow they're God's mistake and they have to go through life pretending to be something they're not, you know? When it's saying here, what do good fruits look like? Well, it looks like someone who doesn't judge people. It looks like someone who loves enemies. It looks like someone who's patient with people. It looks like compassion. These are these are good fruits. I ask you again, do we want to be followers of Jesus? If this is what it entails. Does this stuff even make sense? Or is it something from a bygone era or a mad a mad rabbi? <laughs> So that's what I wanted to talk about this week and leave with you. Um, I don't have all the answers, but this seems to be a big a big thing about pick, taking up your cross or dying to your flesh or one of talking about good works. These seem to be some of the good works that it's talking about, you know. I wish it was just like, oh, feed the hungry, take care of those who are poor, do that, you know, and then, and then, because you know, that would be a little bit easier for me to be like, okay, I can wrap my brain around that, and I can, you know, less fortunate, got it, and, you know, and then it's like this, you know, this twist of like, oh, and enemies, and people hurting you, and people who are hurting people you love, and, you know, this and that. And it's like, oh, man. That's a really, really tough, tough question. That's really tough. So, what do we do with that? Um, yeah. Uh, thank you for listening um also just for those online and listening online um i have to switch gears again <laughs> oh switching gears this is why most churches have music so we can get music and do certain things like that and then i can slowly transition to being a non um you know if you consider this church or you enjoy this church um and you want to support us as always we'd much rather have you as the listeners and people here than we would want your money but we do survive through donations so if you want to give you can go to revolutionchurch.com and uh look at the, the donations area or you can go to the revolution facebook and there's a donation button there um because we can definitely use your support as we do uh, this. Um, keeps us going. Keeps keeps us able to have the the in person church and things like that. So if you enjoy what you're you're hearing, please you know consider. But I can't promise you that I will make you rich <laughs> <laughs> by doing so. <laughs> um. So, yeah, don't expect to get it back. Just give it. And if it comes back, press down, shaking together, running over, then hallelujah. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for listening. And as always, this is Revolution Church.